Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Kathy Martin. I want to welcome you today to Between You and Me, the podcast. I'm so excited um, for what we're going to be speaking about today. We're going to be talking about self-worth, um, particularly um, in women, but we'll also veer off into other things. We're going to look at what is self-worth, what does self-worth uh, mean to individuals, and how that can kind of guide your life. I have two people with me today that I'm so excited about. They are my girls and they've been, yes. my, girl. <laughs> they've been my girls for a long time, long, long time. And not in the way I introduce is not the most important. I'm going to do it in alphabetical order, right? So the first person we've got is Jean Lopez. Uh, Jean and I go back yes. a long, long way. We went to school together and yes. if it wasn't for Jean, I probably wouldn't have made it through that first test. <laughs> She doesn't know, I don't know if she remembers this, but my first test, she told me I study well by myself. And I'm thinking, I need to talk because I was, that's how I um, processed on the outside. So Jean got yeah. finished studying and then she said, okay, tell me what you got to tell me in this. And I aced the test. So I just want to say thank you to Jean. Jean is a, uh, a counselor. Jean, tell me a little bit about yourself, would you please? Well, I am Jean Lopez. I am married. I have five children who are all five adults who really feel like five children. And I have tons of grandchildren who I love dearly. And I'm so glad I had kids because I got grandkids. Only reason. Uh, just saying, put that out there. I studied at Oral Roberts University. I completed my master's in marriage and family therapy. I enjoy counseling uh, families, individuals, and couples is my favorite thing to do. And that's about it. I've just been here on the planet a long time. And so we don't tell them how long we've been here, but that's okay. Yeah, we won't tell how long, but long enough to hopefully answer some questions and, and impart some wisdom and share a lot of life and laughter and love during Thank this God. time. Thank God for you. Our next person that we have that you guys have heard before, that is June Brown. Yeah. June Brown and I have known, we lived down the street from each other. Um, June was the very first, she was actually um, a, a, a teacher, a teacher's aide in the first prophetic class I took. And then June ended up living down the street. And June has got nothing bad to say about anybody where they can hear it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. She has a science background and also um, has uh, been, she worked for um, educational, you know, for like TU for just like Jean. Jean worked at Oral Roberts University for a long time. June worked at TU, Tulsa University for a long time and then other things. So June, tell us a little bit more about you, please. Hello, Dr. Kathy. Hey, Jean, it's good to be with both hey. of you. I too have been around as uh, Jean said, around the planet a while, have two adult children and three grandbabies. Yay! 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 Those grandchildren are fun. I retired about a year ago, and you can ask anyone life. We didn't expect to still be in this quarantine sometime, mask another time. You could not have told me this is what my retirement was going to look like, but you adjust. So that's what I've been doing. That's good, Adjusting. that's good, that's good. And <clears throat> so today's topic, you guys know, is um, self-worth. And really and truly, I think this is interesting. So I've got two questions that are gonna be out there. 
Um, the first question is going to be, what is self-worth and why it's important? And the second question, and you can talk about it any kind of way you want to, is going to be, um, and you guys know me, I can put 18 questions on one sentence. But the huh. second one is that you brought up uh, being in quarantine and being in COVID. How has that affected, um, or how could it have affected people's mm -hmm. self-worth? So mm -hmm. you guys, any way you want to jump in, it's just really fine with me. So what is self-worth? <clears throat> why is it important and how has COVID affected people's self-worth? All right. Well, I'll jump right. in for Jean because she's the professional. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But I just want to say, and I'm about to give my age in this, you know, being well over 60, when we were growing up she said, as well, a young adult, no one ever said the term self-worth. Okay. Someone would come and talk to you about you should think more of yourself than that. Uh, you have to respect yourself. So I think this whole thing has evolved into, uh, I'm sure Gina touched on it, how, what you think about yourself, how you let other people talk to you. Um, some of those mean things people say to you when you're growing up, hmm. we think we shake it off, but unfortunately it kind of hangs around a while. So, um, I, I think you have to be able to, as a youngster, when I was growing up, to come back and say, you know what, well, so-and-so said something about me that hurt my feelings. And that could be the beginning, because if you accept what they've said, you now have lost some of your self-worth. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good, good point. Well, I'm going to chime in on that, June. We're talking about self-worth. I just want to pose this question. You wonder why it's called self-worth or self-esteem is not us esteem, us worth, they worth, <laughs> right. their esteem, them esteem, we esteem, self. That's the biggest clue. Yeah. It's yourself. How do you, what do you think about yourself? And self-esteem is just merely the entire person of the individual. Your, okay. your feelings, your body, your emotions, your sensations, all that stuff. And worth is simply the value of the thing. Mm -hmm. right. Measured by the person that holds that. So for example, I heard uh, someone talking about an athlete and I guess it was a ball player and the jersey that he wore in the last game or whatever is worth over $500,000. And you can get that same jersey on Amazon for about $40, $50 at least. Right. But the difference is he didn't wear this one on Amazon. It's a replica. Right. Uh, the real thing, right? And so the value then is placed by the guy that owns it. Mm -hmm. And the same with you and I. Our value, we have to possess that value, but you have to know how to do that. And some of the things, you know, when I'm like June, we've been around since, well, we were there when Evening was there, but we was like first cousin stuff. <laughs> so we go way back. Yeah. But Tamika used to say, you know, sticks and stones may hurt. Uh, hurt my bones or words and uh, break my bones or words and never harm me. that was the biggest lie right yes. right because yeah. sticks and stones may break break your bones but listen words can break your spirit come on now and words are like diabetes and sugars as old folks i got that touch of sugars you can't see it but you can feel it you sure can and so it affects you emotionally right. and eventually over time physiologically because you can get into depression that affects how your physical body uh, will start taking on other uh, illnesses through just that. Right. So 
claim it as your own, it's your own worth, not what somebody else say, think, or feel about you, because people are going to change. Now, Stella may be your ride or die on Monday. That's because she went to church with y'all on Sunday. Y'all amen together. Amen. And that Monday, that amen need to be the same as Saturday may put you down. She may right. not be your ride or die. So that's changed. Now, if I'm depending on Sally to make me feel like I'm valuable, her currency just dropped on the sister. Now I'm feeling like a nickel when I thought I was a quarter. Come on now. That's good. That's so good. I, I have to know uh, where, why I have value and where that power, who that power belongs to. Right. I think those right. are some of the basic steps on uh, claiming and maintaining your self-worth and your value, uh, how you respect your own self. How do I love myself? That's good. And I can give myself permission to love myself, although I may have been hurt by others. Right. But if I keep giving them the power, I keep being re-victimized because I draw those kind of people to me without even realizing it sometimes. But go ahead. Okay. Somebody I really like that. So when you, okay, so I, I love that definition. So June, kind of looking at that definition, you like that too, right? That's where I'm in agreement with this definition. Being in, um, I love what you said. I, this is not what I thought retirement was going to look like. I find myself in quarantine, in a mask, in business. Um, how can that affect someone's self-worth? Hmm. Oh, gosh. That's a really loaded question. Um, I'll I'll start in. Um, if you've been used to working and getting your check deposited into your bank account, and then all of a sudden that change, with some mm -hmm. people, you'll never work long enough to have the amount of money that you want in retirement. Mm -hmm. Depends what type of retirement fund you have. Um, you have these plans in your head as to what you're going to do. Right. And it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, that power has been taken away. And now I've got to figure out how to bring that power back. Um, my self-worth was when I was working. I was a paralegal. I was secretary to the board of trustees. I was a respected person in the community. And where I worked, I was on boards. And then all of a sudden, when you're no longer there, those things that you kind of chalked as what made my self-worth go up, those things are no longer there. So I had to look at myself differently. Uh, June, you're not on a board now. June, they're not calling you to have you to sit on a committee now. So what do you do? I had to turn around and learn. I had to like leave in whatever state I'm in, whatever emotional setting I'm in. And so you learn how to get beyond that. Is it easy? No. Did I think I was going to have to do that? No. I just thought it was going to be different. Mm. Right. But I've had to learn to sit back and say, what makes me happy? What makes me, as Gene uh, said, mm. what gives me value? Right. Right. So it kind of sounds like um, your identity and knowing who you are or even whose you are right. has so, so much to do with that also. It does. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Does. yeah. And speaking of what June said, you know, sometimes it's so easy to, to lose sight of whose you are 
uh, mm -hmm. because sometimes we get caught up in who we are, but sometimes other people define who we are. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. was saying I was on this board, I was on that board. You know, I didn't do that, but I can tell you, but during this quarantine and all this masks and stuff and isolation and separation and blah, blah, blah. So your Gucci went from Gucci to Goodwill. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What do you do? How do you make that transformation? And right. So you, you, you know, you a combo meal and, and a drink to go with it. Come you on. Know, what do you do? How do you wrestle with all of that? And then keep your us thing, your yourself, in the process. But I think in June, Tashana, I had to to regroup. Right. I had to look at at esteem and value from another perspective. Okay. Am I the thing that I do? No. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Come I'm on. still who I am. Whether I did something okay that that I shouldn't do. For example, if you run a red light. And you maybe I, I, I've kind of done that before, you know, over a stop sign, whatever. So violated a traffic law. Right. Maybe you did that three times this year. Speed limit, that's going to be your girl. Uh, pray for me. Uh, so, <laughs> somebody somebody got to be on a prayer list. Everybody not a praise report. We all know this, so I'm all right with it. Uh, I'll give you something to pray about. So anyway, you've done this three times maybe in the year. Do you call yourself a habitual criminal? No. No. Right. right. So the same with value and esteem, because maybe I didn't live up to the standards that I had already set for myself, or maybe I feel like I didn't perform uh, this task as well as I should have, or maybe I didn't say the right thing. Maybe I got the bit. I said, oops, maybe I did that. Right, right. But the thing I, I'm not the thing I did. So that's where shame will come in. And it's easy to do that when you're in isolation or when you have to sit with yourself. Everybody can't host themselves. Right, uh, right, you're used right. to the crowd and, you know, getting caught up in the hoopla. But when you have to sit still with yourself. Come on now. It's a different place. That's Go good. That's good. Okay, good. Because, okay, now you just turned us. So this is really good. So when we're talking about that shame piece, right? So, mm -hmm. and we don't even know we have it because we've been so busy running right. and doing for everybody else. And now, right. like you said, we're hosting ourselves and we're sitting in this position. So all of a sudden I'm realizing and understanding that my self-worth to me is not that great because it could be for words. It could be for this, or it could be that shame. It could be those things that I've done. It could be those things that I thought. So now I've got my mind to deal with, right? So right. two things, how do I identify, how do I identify what my self-worth is? And then how do I realize that I need to start changing it? And then we're going to step into how to change that thing. Okay. So, so how do I know? How do I know what my self-worth is? How do I, I know shame? How do I know shame thoughts are there? Because shame has a, a condemning component with it. Okay. Shame doesn't edify, doesn't build yeah. you up. Yeah. Shame hangs on to the past mm -hmm. and speaks to the future. Come on. So if you're driving your car, I thought about this. I said, wait a minute. So I got this real small mirror that's in the front that looks mm -hmm. for the rear. Right. I wonder why I didn't have a big mirror in the front because the past, that's not where I'm going. Come on. Right. That's I don't good. need a big magnifying spot on that. Right. Because that, I'm glad they call it past. It's over. Right. But many times we, if we're not careful with shame, we just pack it in a mm -hmm. little backpack. How many of us grown folks walk around with that little Barney? In Sesame Street backpack. That's good. <laughs> you know, you don't need that now. You're in That's good. Place, right. 
So that shame will stagnate you and you start believing you are the thing that you did or the mistake that you made instead of the person that God really created you to be. You're still that person. But okay, that, that is so good. Say you're not. That is so good because a lot of times we have things that have happened right. that we've tucked away so far, we don't even realize they're there and we don't even realize exactly. the behavior that is shame right? That spirit right. That thing coming against you is even turning you in that direction. So uh, I like what you said that it's, it doesn't, you know, it's condemnation. It's not edification. It's not right. lifting you up. Um, we, okay. Okay. Let me, let me get my, I'm so excited. You can tell I always <laughs> get excited. I just always get excited. So we did a class one time and it was on, I think, interpersonal communications right? Mm -hmm. And the inner person, and this class, it opened so much up to me that I had to take a sip. I had to step back and go, I didn't know all that was in me. And it wasn't wonderful. It was not wow. wonderful. It, it put a mirror up and mm -hmm. showed me. So, but what I had done is I had pushed it so far down. So how do I start? How do I identify how do I identify that this is what's working in me? Right. You know, I, I know that it's not edification. I know that it's not this, but what are some behaviors that, that tell you that this component, that shame could actually be attached to other things hmm. is working in me? You know what I mean, Jean? Jean, y'all know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. think one of the things that, I started to see during this uh, period of isolation was people were really beginning to post things that happened six or seven years ago. Mm. And I'm mad at Aunt Susie because this is what she said to me. Good mm. grief, Aunt Susie didn't remember what she did yesterday. Oh. So <laughs> she doesn't remember that she hurt your feelings, but you've held on to that for so long. Now it has turned into bitterness, brittle bitterness. Um, it, the behavior just comes out in a way that's not, that's not really becoming. And this is a time where you need to have someone in your life that can say, hey, you might want to reconsider that. You need to pull your fangs back in. <laughs> mm, right because you're starting to hurt people so let's talk about what's hurting you first interesting right. right that's a good point you talk you ask about how do i know that this is shame that's speaking not only to uh me personally but to in my relationships uh in my family in my work in and, my Jean, and not just shame but you know you you remember uh pigs in a whatever it was remember that book Pigs in a parlor. Pigs in a parlor. And remember mm. the shame being attached to so many other things. Yes. That. So, okay, go on. Hopelessness, inferiority, yes. uh, being passive, loss of creativity, all that's just stifled because you don't believe you have anything to contribute. That's so good. you begin to just accept that. And it stagnates you and you just, uh, mama, you say you just become a stick in the mud, just standing there. That's okay. all sticking the mud and do just stay there. It yeah. ain't moving. It's yeah. not creating anything. You just 
existing. So you're not thriving, you're just surviving. That's good, that's good. Right? And so I, I was thinking about this, this book I use a lot from Robert McGee, uh, Search for Significance, an excellent book. He talks about four things in that book, uh, things not to expose uh, low self-value, self-worth, is the performance trap, approval addict, um, the blame game, and the other last one is shame. Okay. So basically the performance trap is I, I must, I got to meet certain standards to set by somebody else and perform well, then I'll feel good about myself and they'll feel good about me. And so right. I am somebody. Right, right. But if you're doing something, you're somebody already, but you know, you don't see the value in that. Right. Um, and you know, that negative self-talk is one of the things you ask, how do you know you're in that mode? Negative self-talk, you, um, again, just feel hopeless that there's okay. just, and that's some of the things I think we've encountered during this uh, whole uh, isolation, stay at home deal. People are just, again, you're not able to host yourself. And some of us, we can't host our own families. Come on now. They didn't wow. just too much, <laughs> you know, it's just. Right, right. You know, because you see a part of you in your, your children and maybe that's the part of you that you don't, you're not too proud about. That's good. I like that. You know? I, I like so that. it's difficult and the approval addict is simply, I've got to be approved by other people or others to even feel good about myself. I, I need to do what I think, I think you think and I, you think I should do and I'm gonna do it real well because I want you to, to still include me in your, your circle. Wow. And maybe you're sitting in the wrong circle. Maybe you can't grow because I'm looking for you to hold my hand where you move like a bunch of little ducks. You move, I move. Mm -hmm. You and me, us never part. It's that kind of thing. Where yeah. you go, I yeah. go. Uh, yeah. But That's not true. that you, you go on to bring something to add a component, but I'm going for safety because if you can cover me, I, I don't even want to see myself. That's good. That's uh, good. Of course, and the blame game is you, you know, you blame others. Uh, if you fail, you're unworthy of love and you don't really deserve to have this and you should be punished or, or sometimes you fear being punished or, or, or blaming or pushing people away uh, mm -hmm. from you. You don't realize you're doing that, uh, but it's the talk that, you know, uh, I, that's what I think. It's a negative self-talk. And so you basically just don't do anything because you, you don't fear failure and not being accepted uh, by others. So. And shame is just exactly what it is. Hopelessness. I am who I am. I can't change. I ain't gonna never. You know, it's just you can't you can't teach your old dog a new trick. Right. Right. Well, That's first right. of all, what, what trick you showing us? Throw out another. <laughs> throw out a bigger bone. Yeah. Throw, throw, throw out a bigger off that horse. <laughs> <laughs> throw out a bigger bone. That is good. I wanna um I wanna go somewhere. Then I wanna come back to the negative self talk. Um, where, okay, I've got some things here. Um, so when I've been told all my life that I'm mm. stupid, mm. that what I say doesn't really matter, whether, whether I believe it, it's, you know, outwardly, this subconsciously, you know, how does that affect, how do I get over that? I mean, the, it takes, you know, and, and, and it's while someone's telling me, you really, that's stupid. Why are you saying that? You know, and they may not be understanding what they're doing to someone that mm -hmm. affects negative self-talk. So, so how do you, 
how do you identify that thing and then get get over it? Um, June, I'll chime in. I'll I'll use an example. Uh, when I was growing up, I had a person, a family member, that would tell me I was stupid. Mm. And the reason why was because I thought this particular family member was drinking water. I said, wow, mm. she sure drinks a lot of water. It wasn't. Yellow juice. As I take my sip. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, you know, when you're a kid and you look up to somebody mm-hmm. and they've said those things, it, it takes a while to get over that. That feeling is real. It's, it's really real. Or mm-hmm. that you're ugly. And with little girls, that can be so hurtful. Mm-hmm. And you grow up, I mean, you're an adult and you won't, you'll only stand in front of the mirror twice a day to put your makeup on and to take a makeup off. There's no touch up in the middle of the day because you don't want to see yourself in the mirror. Mm. How wow. do you get over that? Yeah. It takes think, time. It takes, yes. It, t- yeah. it takes time. Yeah. And it took someone that uh, knew me and kind of would say, well, June, why, why do you do this, this, and this? And I sat there and I started talking about it and it really brought tears to my eyes. They said, but you believe that for that long? I said, yeah, because who was I going to tell that to? Mm. Right, that's good. So it does take a while and it does, it's a little point. If you, if you just have a slither of hope that what they said is a lie, then you can work your way out of it, but it takes a while. How'd, you, how'd, you, how'd you do that? I had to realize that the person that was saying those things, it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the hurt that they were going through. Mm -hmm. But when you're a youngster, you don't know that. Right, 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 right. And many times it carries over into adulthood. You don't realize that that, that's the source. I think that's one of the beautiful beautiful, parts of the Holy Spirit yeah. is the revelatory part. Mm-hmm. But when he does it, so many times we don't seek change. Our pain has exceed the need for change before you right. seek change. That yeah. happens sometimes, many times. But sometimes we just have to have somebody that has created a safe environment for us, whether that's through your relationship or whatever it is, right. to be able to walk us back to that place of trauma. Right, that's, that's good. what it is that place of trauma to put truth where there was a lie because mm-hmm. as June says she was a young girl you can all you only have the ability to have to think as that younger whether six years old or 10 years old or whatever it is you don't have the rationale as an adult right so you see it through that perspective but if I can get in a safe environment where someone can walk me back to that place mm-hmm. and then put truth where there was a lie so for June she said I thought she was drinking water She's sipping on gin juice. Her's drunk. So her's her drunk. You know? right. But again, as a child, you see as an adult, and you know, you we were brought up in that era, child is seen, not heard. You respect adults, you these authority figures, and you know, That's you good. grew up in a sense of community in a village, you know. So we even though your village was a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All cray cray, uh, much cray cray. Uh, <laughs> but we you could only figure it out or 
have the rationalization of that of a 10 year old uh, individual. But I think uh, as we're older, when we're brave enough to say, wait, hey, stop the durable wheel, I'm off. Right, right. that's right. good. You right, know, that's to good. To explore that's good. something yeah. different. Um, I love that, <clears throat> especially when you said um, the revelatory piece of it. Um, I think that how you know, however a secular world would call it, right? I know in mm -hmm. Christianity we call it the revelatory piece of it. That when we finally realize and wake up, whoa, right. something is wrong, right? Right. I'm right. just. That's really not me. And, and I like what you said, when we replace that truth, mm -hmm. that trauma with truth, because mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that was that, wow. I'm, I had to just take a moment and go, wow. That was, June always bringing these truths. You're like, just a minute, June, just let me, let me set that right there. I'll be right <laughs> Give me a moment. Hold a minute. Hold a minute. Yeah. Um, when I was, I remember, um, I remember, and, and Jean, you and I were real close during this time when, when me and Kevin were breaking up. Mm -hmm. I remember being pregnant with Brittany and I was laying on a bed one day and me and Kevin were split. We were, this is before we got back together and finally divorced, but we were split and come back. And, and how the revelatory piece, I'm telling you, the Lord woke me up at two or three in the morning and he, he created that safe place. Mm. Only he could do it. And he said, let's start walking through some stuff. He mm -hmm. had me writing a paper on, on, on things from a kid. He took wow. me all the way back to the first time I felt rejection. And when mm. that rejection came in from my dad, it wasn't his fault. My father um, was suffering a mental breakdown. And he mm. rejected a present I bought him and that affected me, you know? Right. And I mean, God took that revelatory piece that God took me through all the way up to the time when Kevin would say to me every day almost, that's stupid. I don't know why you're doing that, that's stupid. I don't know if you remember, Gene, but the first time I got that A, I went and asked that professor, I can't remember his name now. I went and asked him, did I get this A because I deserved it? Or did I get this A because you think I'm cute? Mm. And y'all may laugh. Look at, look at June's face. I, I did. Be, I, I'm telling you because I would have favor because I was a pretty girl. Mm -hmm. So I asked that and I can't remember his name. I wish I knew who it was, but he looked at me. He said, Oh, I don't give nobody, nobody an A because they're cute. I was like, mm. you remember that Jean? I told you, I said, I got an A. I got it. Was, yeah. I mean, I, it was amazing. And, and, and when God started taking me back through this process, I realized that I was in such bondage to rejection mm -hmm. and the shame and the bitterness and mm -hmm. the hurt and the this and the, you know what I'm saying to so that. So that is so good because you know what? I probably didn't trust another human being to walk me through. So mm -hmm. God in his graciousness and in his mercy walked me through himself. I love that. So in where we are now, now I know there's so much stuff online and there's so much, you know, podcasts and this, this and that, and that. How do we know who to trust to bring us with the walkthrough? How do we do that? I think um, looking in your own circle, first of all, mm -hmm. 
who do I have in my circle that I feel is healthy for me, to me, with me, uh, that I can look back. I've known them for X number of years right. and they've been consistent in my life. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying they have not made mistakes because you won't find anyone in your circle who has not made a mistake. It's right. They've been consistent. They've been supportive. And uh, we've developed this relationship like June and I, I can tell June anything. Now she may get her eyes tangled up when I first tell her, look at me and, like my And God, she will. Today. And you she know, will. <laughs> Jesus, you know, like, help her. <laughs> you know, uh, but I know I, I'm safe. I know I, I'm, I won't be uh, condemned. I won't be, you know, saying, girl, that's just, where did, how did you come up with such? That's just ignorant. No, I want to hear that. Uh, she'll say, okay, well now, well, let me ask you this question. Right. Well, so she's creating that safe environment. So if you don't have people, if your home skill, your home girl is like, you know, she's down with you today and you tell her something, and next thing you know, the mama and them, and everybody, you're like, why are they looking at me funny? Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, I didn't know that was, oh, you told me that, girl, I was, they, they, so these are people I go with when I want them to pray. You can get so much stuff messed up on your prayer chain. Come on, come on. Because it, it, people are who they are, right? So know your inner circle. Right, that's good. I don't have very many close friends that are confidants. Some right. are constituents. Some are yeah. comrades. You have some that are confidants. Come on. Those that I can confide in, that I can trust in, that I know uh, will hold me up when I need to be held up and not discuss it among the community or the other people in our circle. So those people value and treasure. Right. And of course, if you don't have someone that you feel safe with, uh, I always recommend, you're always safe with God. But some people, sometimes let's be realistic, you're in a position where you just don't think he wants to hear you. Right. You feel like we're too far away. And and that in itself is a myth. But for some people, that's where they are, right? So then go professional. Someone that doesn't have any skin in the game. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, And start there and then allow God to to work that healing process out. Because I do believe all healing comes from God. I believe in counseling. I believe in therapy. But I'm telling you what, for sure, without a doubt, Everybody I've ever counseled, and I do faith-based, proud of it, because the results are 100%. Amen. Right. Exactly. It's never fail. So that's what I would recommend if you don't have someone that's in your inner circle, inner right. circle that you feel safe with, mm-hmm. uh, branch out into someone uh, professionally, again, who there's no, they don't know any, have any prior knowledge. So right. the judgment piece is off. I always tell people too, I said, if you're going to get a counselor, you better get a Christian. Now you got them other ones that be out there trying to hypnotize you, acting crazy. And, okay, I'm going <laughs> to pull all the way back from that one. Okay, I'm going to pull off. Look, I'm going to come over here and stay in my lane about here this one. Okay, <laughs> look. <laughs> know those who labor among you. Just oh my know. God, yes. So that's really good. Know those in your inner circle because we have our outer circle, our middle circle, and then we have our inner circle yes. of those people. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, um, and we already alluded to this, but I wanna talk a little bit more about this. Maybe someone who is maybe not a child, but 
um, maybe someone at school or a teenager, you know, a young adult or whatever. Um, the question is, why do I mm. allow people to talk any kind of way to me and I just excuse it away? Mm. That's a good one. I think many times we're preconditioned already for that, <clears throat> predisposed to that uh, environmentally. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's uh, genetically. Uh, you look at, for example, if, if you were in a, a home where a mom was uh, being physically abused, that pattern has a, ten a tendency to keep perpetuating itself down through, the, through, through your family and your generations. Um, and sometimes uh, you draw those people to you Come without on. realizing you're doing it because that's where you function, where you got the unction. Come on. That's just what your norm is. Right. Not right. that you, again, we go back to that. Am I thriving or surviving? I'm just surviving. I'm not thriving, but I don't want that thrive because I don't know what that looks like yet. I, just, right. I haven't seen that. So I'm comfortable in wearing my red dress of rejection. Again, mm -hmm. like I got it from Gucci and it's really Goodwill. Right. But because I'm familiar with that. Right. Uh, and so you stay in that same dance. So if you have a dance that you're familiar, your partner, you, you know, I know when you're going to swing it around. I know we're going to throw it back a little bit. We're going to do a two-step. Then we're going to do the cha-cha. Then we're going to do it. So you already know that, right? So you just right. keep doing that. Right. But you keep getting the same results. You keep standing in the same spot. But if I want something different, I have to step outside that dance and throw a little bus stop on them or something. You're like, what you <laughs> a bus stop on it. You know, it can't continue because now somebody's doing something different. Right. And right. so you keep, you say, yeah, I've heard this many times in relationships. I keep having the same kind of relationships. Right, right, right. And I say, okay, baby, what's the common denominator? The denominator all those relationships. These men's not dating each other, they dating. Who mm -hmm. Right. So let's look at, turn the light on ourselves. And what is it about you? And so I call it, this is not a therapeutic term. This is my own. I call it the banana peel effect, works for a girl. So banana, you can look at it. You don't know what's on the inside. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a speck from the outside. Sometimes it may be soft, firm, whatever. And you can put, start pulling back that banana peel. You're like, girl's a big old spot right here. Right. But it's covered mm -hmm. by something else. That's, That's good. what I'm talking about, my red dress of rejection. Wearing that thing, it's tight in spots, but you know, I got some things on there. I ain't breathing much, but I'm walking, barely. But right. you know, you're just surviving, not thriving. Yeah. And so I think that's part of that is we often uh, draw those people to us without realizing that my hurt's pulling on your hurt. Right, that's it. Yes. My disillusionment's pulling on yours. Mm -hmm. My false impression of myself is pulling on your false impression. Yeah. It's like a magnet. Yeah. You know, they say opposite attract, but you start looking at them out, they ain't too much opposite. It's that, like, right. you do that too, yeah. So when you do that banana peel effect, start pulling it back, you start seeing things underneath that is hurts and disappointments. And, and, you know, they used to always say this to me when I was a kid. And so you hear it all the time and you, you begin to believe that right. silently and secretly before it comes out. You, know, you hear, just hear the term being a private uh, success and a public failure. That's how that happens. Mm, mm, that's good what i believe about me internally myself we have it may not be worth anything to us we, it's there it right. may be the negative right Just, that's your what you're 
putting value on instead of uh, the truth of the matter of how you were created. And the, the, the word says, he, God knit, I thought that was so interesting. He said, I knit you together with my hands. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know how to knit, but I know you just can't loop anything. It's a, a, a thread mm-hmm. that is strategically woven right. into patterns. Right. And so if you don't think you're unique, which I appreciate the love for this, cause if June do something and her fingerprints on it, your honor, check the prints. <laughs> Not your girls, right? <laughs> we appreciate God then, don't we? Right, 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 right. You do. So in the same manner, if we can remember those truths, those basic truths that he knitted me, he spoke everything else. Right. He didn't me. Right. He made me. He created me. What I look like taking my Dodge over there to the Lexus place. They're going right. to look at me like a child looking at Newgate. They'll be like, uh-uh, you're in the wrong place, baby. Take that hoopty back back in. No, that's not hoopty. So same thing. We, we go to other outlets right. that right. don't have the answer yeah. instead of the one who created us, created who us. knitted us together by his hands. Right. Uh, and who, so who gave us a certain unique abilities skills, knowledge, mm-hmm. our fingerprints, the hair on our heads was some of the gone. I don't look at a spot like that. Girl, I know. Mm-hmm. But look, I got one here. That's why yeah, I, we all got that. That's why I got my little bang right. He will, especially so, the part uh, right here. Going, being able to focus on the truth yeah. of the matter instead of what we many times have heard yeah. and felt. And feelings are just simply that. There's nothing wrong with having feelings god created us that way right. the feelings aren't always factual come on that's right feelings change i might like man could have got on there a little red today let's check out our little chapter but whatever uh but tomorrow <laughs> i might think oh, i want that hot pink that Girl, is so you, that's got you got this one you got this what color yeah, you want today? Got my bag. She, she got my bag wait wait i got this one too <laughs> she oh got it all <laughs> so you can't rely on feelings because feelings fluctuate and they right. change let's try to look at facts what's the fact of the matter is yeah. i am still fearfully and wonderfully made yeah right yeah. uh all those suits cute and they say well i should be doing this no 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 that's a feel that might change right they last week they were for gold this week they for white they for blue right. or whatever those are feelings right uh, and they're just just that you can't measure okay. things by what i feel what do i know that's what good. That's so, Miss June, yes, ma'am. If someone calls you. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that um, you you counsel quite a few people also. Mm-hmm. You got these little people calling you, <laughs> <laughs> and and they sometimes just chat and chat and chat. Don't want to know their business, but if you hear non-truth, you know coming out how do you redirect them what do you say to them to redirect them Uh, what i would usually say is oh so where'd you get that from and what's the basis for that what have you seen how have you seen that worked out before because i just start coming back with very direct questions because uh, sometimes when we're having those conversations what seems to be true it's really 
deception because we're looking at it through a lens of possibly hurt mm-hmm. or frustration. Mm-hmm. So, and, and sometimes that can't be corrected in one conversation. Right. So it, it just takes a little bit of, let's answer this question first. It's, it's chipping away at it little by little. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the questions are uh, piercing enough where all of a sudden this person will say, oh, I see what you're saying. I misunderstood that. And then it will come around. And every now and then I, I talk to friends who don't ever see that what they're doing is wrong. They haven't hurt anyone's feelings. If I talk to you this kind of way, it's because you deserve it. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what have mm-hmm. we got here? So what you do with them people? I take I them, them a mute. little at a time. What you say? <laughs> I put them on mute. <laughs> you just you kind of take button. them a little at a time and yeah. you just you have to start distancing yourself because right. see, I don't want to become a trash can to you. Right. Where you're right. just dumping all the time because you don't want to change. Okay. You want to stay where you are. Right. Yeah, Trans- be, be like Jesus. You want to be made home? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, that's a that's a good one. Do you want this? So yeah. there is a um, so there is there is transformation available and change is possible. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pause it here. I'm gonna stop this one and then I'm gonna come right back in and start another one. And we're gonna talk just a tiny bit about transformation and how to start actually going through that uh, process of do you wanna be made whole, okay? All right, give me a moment. <laughs>